I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. In the NFL, there's no such thing as volunteer. (laughs) Helmets off is on. Welcome to Helmets Off, folks. Uh, Scott Mitchell, your host here. Glad that you're joining us. Uh, fun show today. Of course, uh, things are moving and shaking in the world. We've got uh, sports coming back, greater capacities, mask mandates being lifted. Amazing. So uh, exciting, exciting stuff. We're going to talk about that today. And then maybe some of the changes that have happened through all of these uh, alterations with sports that may make sense. And, uh, and uh, one of them might be, um, you know, uh, off-season involuntary workouts, OTAs, which I think is the dumbest name in the world. It's called practice. On the field activities. I just, I hate all of these cute names that people come up with. Yeah, that's right. Maybe I'm old. Oh, well, deal with it. Uh, and then the Utah Jazz. They have the best record in the NBA. Not necessarily getting a lot of love. Like, folks aren't convinced that this Jazz team uh, can make it. Well, I'll give you my thoughts on that and a whole lot more here. So let's get it started. All right. Um, I live in Utah, and the Utah Jazz, as, as I mentioned, are the number one seeded team in the uh, NBA playoffs, the best record in the entire league. Uh, actually have uh, allowed over 13,000 fans to enter their home stadium, Vivint Smart Arena, for the playoffs. And that's up considerably more than half of what they were at their full capacity during the regular season. And I think it's amazing. I think it's just it's so exciting to see all of this happen. You see um, uh, that, uh, that uh, Major League Baseball has started to lift this. You watch golf. There's more people attending. And, and it's just so hard. I, I broadcast uh, Utah football games on the radio. And last fall was just – it was so abysmal. It was so hard. There was no emotion having the fans in the stands and that atmosphere is just so it's sports. It's what it's all about. I mean, it's, it really is, is uh, uh, critical to the, to the success of, of how sports should be. And so uh, to get people back, super, super exciting, right? But what's happened in sports from this? What have we, what have we gleaned? What, what experiments actually worked? And maybe there are things to consider moving forward. I'll, I'll give you one. I'll, I'll, get, I'll give you one. One is start the NBA basketball season at Christmas. 
I know this season's been grueling. Uh, the playoffs, they're going to be interesting. You just see a lot of teams that are um, a lot of good teams. There's not a great team in the NBA right now, but there's a lot of really good teams. So being able to uh, – but my point is, is that uh, playoffs will be fun. You have a nice break after this long, grueling season, and you start at Christmas. I love, I love, I actually love basketball. I feel like it's actually happening when it's winter time, but there's, there's just not a better time to, to start NBA basketball than Christmas. They got great games. Players get up for it. It's exciting. And I love that last year when it, when it started up that way. And then it goes later on into the summer, not, not a whole lot later, but uh, which, which I think is amazing in the, in the sense that, uh, you, you have uh, a dull, a lull, uh, the summer, you know, blues, all of those things. And basketball will actually pick up the pace for that. Now, I know people are like, well, yeah, but you're not going to get the same attendance. And I disagree. I actually think uh, it gives people something in the summer to do uh, that uh, when they, you know, the kids are home or, you know, there's more from school and there's there's just more time. So, so I definitely love changing basketball i like that they shortened the baseball season and i think they should keep that permanent that's not going to happen but it should um the the other thing this whole off-season preseason nfl stuff it's a waste of time every really look players are in shape all the time it's a different era than in the past Yes, you have some of these young quarterbacks on teams, and yes, they need some practice. And uh, and, and but uh, to have veterans, to have everyone show up at a lot of this stuff, I, it's not necessary. Season's long enough. These guys are good enough. There's not a lot that changes uh, year to year, especially if you're on a team that you know has the same coach. If you have a new coach, different story. Then then you certainly could use and probably need some extra time. But all of what they're doing, I, I don't think is is necessary. Uh, you proved it a year ago and and the draft is fun right it's cool how they they do the draft and they have it at the city and they make a great announcement it's cool it's awesome it's all these things do it in roger goodell's basement from now on it's so i don't know retro she she it, it worked a year ago i think if any sport did things the right way or just maybe ignored things the wrong way it was certainly the nfl i mean it, it, they were amazing. They, they didn't have a hiccup. They just said full speed ahead. Of course, they didn't have the fans in the stands that they would like to have, but, but uh, they sure did have a season. And I love, and I know this probably isn't part of what happened because of, uh, you know, uh, COVID, but adding that 17th game, I don't know these players, ah, oh, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, this is 17 games is good. I, I, I've seen nothing wrong with it. I'm not buying the uh, we're at a much greater risk deal. Uh, so much more money uh, to be had. Anyways, those are kind of my thoughts, but it just, as, as these, as these sports allow more and more people and, and, you, and you see that a lot here in the state of Utah, have full capacity in the fall for football here. That is just, it just feel, it feels normal. I went in the grocery store and I didn't have to wear a mask and that just, I was, I felt naked. I felt like I went in my pajamas, but it, it was normal. And it's starting to feel like things are actually 
getting back to normal. And I think everybody is excited about that. And I, and I said this before this all happened, I guarantee in a couple of years, it's going to be like nine 11. It's, it's going to be, things are going to be back to the way they were. I don't, I, I, I highly doubt a lot of things will actually change because of COVID. All right, taking a break here. We come back. Uh, what does voluntary actually mean in the NFL? I'll give you my thoughts when we return. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. folks welcome back it is helmets off scott mitchell your host here uh of course uh, it is that time of year where uh we're we're gearing up for the nfl college football starts in 100 days the nfl not too far off of that that's exciting a lot of new prospects have been um drafted and who's gonna play well and who's gonna stink and and it happens every year and there's always surprises and it's fun to watch and some team will come out of nowhere play well some teams will just still play well like the Kansas City Chiefs Tampa Bay Buccaneers they're going to be really good football teams this year so so uh again a lot of good football to be had in the NFL and, and really college football as well always 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 uh conversations about expanding the playoffs in college which I think is a good thing but right now is is the season for volunteer work <laughs> If you want to do charity work in the NFL, you voluntarily go to your team's OTAs, and that's considered your volunteer charity work. Uh, and actually, it um, does nothing. Uh, here, here's the thing: I, I, I'm a big believer in having balance in your life, and I think for these athletes it's really good to get away from it, to, to have something else, to keep that balance going. The season's long, it's grueling, it's pressure filled. Uh, you deal with a lot of stuff. So I really think to have um, a time to have hobbies, to you know, just re recharge yourself is so, so massively critical to continued success in the NFL. And it feels like this is a full-time deal. I, mean, I remember thinking, man, I'd hate to be a coach because they're, they're like here all the time. They, they can't enjoy it. They can't get away from it. They can't relax. And they, uh, you know, it's, they get all consumed by it to a point where, man, I just wonder how healthy it is. So I love in the off-season having the time to yourself to a degree. Now, if you're on a team with a new coach, that usually means your team sucks, right? So, because otherwise, why would you have a new coach unless they retired? 
which doesn't really happen that often. And anyways, um, so you, you, uh, you have a new coach and they have a new system. They have a new philosophy. Everyone's at attention. Everyone's like, yeah, I got to show up. I got to do these things. And uh, because you want to make that impression uh, on that new coach. And there's, there's a lot of, you know, new things to learn. So that first year of a new coach, well, you're going to see massive attendance at the, at the voluntary work. And the reality is there's no such thing as voluntary. It just isn't. Whenever they say, hey, this is voluntary, it's not mandatory, in the back of their mind, they're going, yeah, this guy's not really committed. This guy doesn't really care. And they look for opportunities to replace you. And I, I think it's wrong. I think it's wrong across the board. But perception is reality. And the perception is you show up uh, even when it's just volunteer work. Now, there are guys that just say, I'm not doing it. I don't care. And they, they do that. And as long as you're playing at a high level, great. But as soon as you drop off, it's like, how do we get rid of this guy? We don't want this guy around. Let's, let's be done with it. And, and I, just, I just, like having a new coach, having a young player, some of these young quarterbacks, you know, learning and growing, I think is amazing. But you're not going to just massively improve your uh, technique by some off-field work. Uh, it, you know, it, 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 that's something that just happens over time, over time, over time, and over game experience. You know, these young guys, you just throw them in a game and, and teach them and, and, then, and then go back and review. And, and that's where you're, you're really going to learn. And you're going to learn in those full practice situations uh, the OTAs where there's there's so much limited time it's just it's just I, I don't know how effective it really really can be and I think a year ago actually proved that so you have to show up for something that's probably useless and you know everyone deals with that in any work environment the NFL is no different All right, we're going to take another break here Utah Jazz number one in the NBA going into the playoffs but the uh, the fire breathing Los Angeles defending champion Lakers are the seven seed in uh, could they and some of these others, the LA Clippers, the Brooklyn Nets, the 76ers, are they better than the Utah Jazz? I'll give you my thoughts when we return. Hello, folks, and welcome back. It is uh, Helmets Off here. I'm your host, Scott Mitchell, and thanks for tuning in. Uh, the Utah Jazz had the best record in the NBA, and a lot of people are not believers. And they're not believers because, let's face it, the Jazz do not have bona fide superstars. And why are they not bona fide? Because they haven't won anything significantly in the playoffs. Right? So who else has? You have Steph Curry, the Golden State Warriors, likely to be Utah's first pick or first round opponent. You have uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, who has won champ a championship couple, who's a great player. And then you have Paul George. I, I don't know if Paul George has won a championship, but a great player. And then you have uh, you have Chris Paul, who's a great player. You have Devin Booker, who's really good at Phoenix. But um, still, it's Anthony Davis and LeBron James and some of the Laker, you know, sideshow players. 
but uh, it's not a it's not a situation where you've got you know all these great all these great players and all these great teams. You've got a couple of good players, but what makes these players great that that when they got to the playoffs that they actually did something. And that's where the Utah Jazz, this is, this is the time to do that. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, and some of these other players who can be tremendous role players, but they, they've got to show up in the playoffs, and they've got to perform well, and they've got to win. If you want to be a great team, if you want that respect, if you want to be recognized as elite, then these are the moments. Not the regular season, not winning the – the you know the you know, having the highest seed the best record in the NBA, it's winning in the playoffs. That's where it matters. And all of a sudden, and and so Utah's right. I mean they're they're in the best possible position that they've ever been in, with Quinn Snyder as the coach, and really maybe as an organization because you're not dealing with Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Yeah, you've got LeBron James, but I'm not convinced LeBron James is 100%. I'm not convinced the Lakers are the same team they were a year ago. And I'm not convinced of anyone else in the West of having this just absolute complete team. The Jazz are deep. The Jazz can score. The Jazz can play defense. And it should be enough for them to really win in the West. I mean, it's not you're not going to have superstars, but you're going to have a very deep, very talented team and and uh, it's it's a lot like some of these teams that have won in the NBA that necessarily don't have the superstar. You know, the Detroit Pistons back in the day had teams like this, and there there have been other teams that have that have won by committee by that team concept. And the Jazz have bought into this concept for years, and they finally have enough talent where it's validating its, itself. And we'll see how it is in the playoffs. I think it'll be good, but it's they're still still trying to figure that out. And then you look in the East and, and, you know, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, or not quite, uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, you've got uh, James Harden and, and uh, that cast of folks there. And I mean, I mean, those three are elite, you know, and Kevin Durant has won championships, but James Harden hasn't. And Kyrie, you know, same thing. So, so you've got, you've got parts across the NBA, but you don't have a team where you just go, man, they're dominant. Like, like it is going to be tough to beat them. And the Jazz have as good a shot as really anybody in the NBA right now of winning. They have home court advantage. They'll be rested going into the playoffs. They have youthful exuberance. They have, they're going to have a great crowd that it may in some of the other places they play not be the same. They play out in California you know, they'll have 10 people there and one of them will be the governor and that's it. And so the Utah Jazz are, uh, and so they they have that deciding seventh game at home. And that's, that's a great place to be in. And it's going to be an amazing playoffs. And I just, I just look around and everyone's basing things off of past performance. Well, the Jazz, the Jazz don't have a past performance. They're young. Uh, and this is the time, this is the moment that the Utah Jazz grow up and, and become a team that actually wins. All right, well, um, speaking of growing up, Helmets Off is going to grow up here, and, uh, and it's going to be off. Uh, so that's right, folks. Helmets Off is now off. Uh, thanks for joining in. Find us on uh, Facebook at the Helmets Off Podcast, Twitter at the Helmets Off Show. Please like us and share any thoughts and ideas. Uh, we'd love to hear them. We thank you for tuning in. 
and we'll uh, well, we'll see you then. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andreas Martin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.